What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rising Rain Podcast. This is your host, Nathan Ramirez. Welcome back, my people. Welcome to episode... Whichever? Episode uh, 8 or 9? Um, today is going to be with my sister Vanessa and we're just going to be talking about uh, life stories and what we've learned from growing up and the things that we've been through so I hope you guys enjoy welcome back everybody welcome to the rising rain podcast Uh, happy you guys are tuning in I'm with my sister Vanessa hello Vanessa Hello. What? Why Hello. Up, why do you change up your voice like that? <laughs> it's my cu- it's my customer service voice. Yeah, you're not serving. Thanks so much for now. joining us at the Raisin. So happy to be here. It's not the Raisin. <laughs> it's the Raisin. Okay, here we go. So, uh, to kick off, I guess we'll just uh, talk about who you are as a person. Uh, I think a big theme on this podcast is cereal. So, what's your favorite cereal? listen i struggled with this the first time you asked me i think i just accidentally had a lisp but can we can we pretend that didn't happen get to it i love cinnamon (laughs) (laughs) i'm off to such a good start cinnamon toast crunch that's dope i think that's everybody's favorite i want to change my answer then okay i choose no i think that's sugar crisp nah Cinnamon toast. No. Cin- yeah. Cinnamon. Cinnamon toast crunch. Okay? No. Are you okay right now? I really struggle with the English language. It's a tough thing to do. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about uh, what you do. What do you do for a living? I work at a facial shop. I manage a small little facial shop um, in Calgary. And, and that's the thing that pays my bills. Okay. What else do you do? You're missing a huge chunk of your life. <laughs> I am also in school hoping to get into social work at Mount Royal and I my throat just did something real weird. I am feeling very self-conscious at the moment. Moving on. Literally right now, as of right now, nobody's listening to you except me. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just think about that. <laughs> um I also have my little side hustle painting pots, terracotta pots, plant homes, as I like to call them they're super cool thank you so you're good at art i don't say no because then was not gonna say no i love painting and if my style of painting appeals to certain people then that makes me really happy and that's really great because that allows me to create things for them okay so what is your side hustle called it is called rooted you can find me on instagram at rooted.in.yyc Thank you so much. All right. Free shout out. Shameless self-promotion. She had to, she had to pay, me, <laughs> pay me $30 to do that on this podcast. But um, I have paid for your entire life. Oh, here we go. But let's talk about why you named it Rooted. Yeah, for sure. So my little like um, slogan, I suppose you could call it, um, is rooted in art, in love, and in faith. Um, and I think it's just a good representative of 
um, maybe not representative, a good reminder for me that I want to be rooted in those things. I want to be rooted in creativity and connection and community and love. And, um, and I want to continuously be rooted in my faith. Um, and I think art is a really great way to do that. So yeah. Word. Good stuff. Bet. Um, what? <laughs> Bet. I just learned what that no, meant. You no, you don't talk like that. No? No. I don't know. I think I can say it. You can say it, but you don't talk like that. Bet. You're a 26-year-old. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> That's exploitation! Yeah, you're 26 years old. Anyways. That's um, actually fake news. What? You're 27? I'm 23. No, you're not. Maybe I'm 22. Who knows? That would make I you could one be, year older than me. I could be 19. No, you couldn't. I could, though. No. Yeah. Because your ID says 19. Do, do you have <laughs> my ID with you? 97. Wow! <laughs> 97. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. 1997. We'll go with that. Okay, so let's get into this a little bit. Um, so I named this episode uh, Perseverance. And... I felt like that was a really good fit because I feel like that's been like a really big, um, how do I explain this? A really big part of your life, I guess, perseverance and pushing through um, not just difficult times, but just like, you know, a lot of things. And I think that's just a good fit for this podcast and what we're aiming to talk about. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happened, I guess. Um, from your childhood you know and our childhood because obviously we're siblings right so yeah i just named it perseverance and i'm repeating myself 50 times but (laughs) i um named it perseverance because you know i just feel like it's a good fit and we need to uh i wanted to just like transmit a message with the title and i feel like that's a good theme to stick to um because it's also it's an encouraging topic right and even though we're going to be talking about you know dark times in our life and things that we've been through that's been difficult i think perseverance is like a very um positive word for people to hear so uh just keeping that in mind when we're you know answering and talking about some difficult things that we went through um i just want the audience to know i guess that at the end of the day, it just takes perseverance to get through these things, you know, and just pushing through. So um, let's start off light and bright. Um, your favorite childhood memory. Please put the mic close to your mouth. So sorry. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> see, now you get to hear all my throat clearing and that's not cute. And I'm <clears throat> <that. clears throat> oh, God. oh, God is right. Okay. Um, my favorite childhood memory. We just talked about this and I, I cannot remember what I said. Um, I think kind of what I touched on with you the last time we had this conversation was like, I was such an angsty child and I really, I walked around with like thinking there was like a dark and clue me, (laughs) a dark and George Clooney rain cloud over my head. That's not funny. That's not funny. (laughs) Might have to edit that out. I'll get my editor to take that out. But anyway. listen, I think I was born to be a dad, in all honesty, with all the jokes that I have. Um, I don't know if that's possible. No, it's all good. So, <laughs> um, 
listen, you made me feel self-conscious in my jokes and now I don't know what to say. Um, my favorite childhood memory is all of them that didn't include you because you were a pain in the butt. I Just hate kidding. you. <laughs> I think genuinely though, I think um, probably all of my favorite memories were ones that um, were when we were hanging out. Um, like when we went to Universal Studios and we got our picture taken with Spider-Man. I think I like hated that, but I was low-key dying inside. I have two memories from that trip. One was me absolutely eating it on the ground. Do you remember that? (laughs) I was like so excited. I was like, Spider-Man, sick. (laughs) And then I just face planted on the cement. (laughs) And there were tears and blood. (laughs) That's so sad. So funny and so sad because, yeah, you ate it And the second one. I remember we were at the arcade and there was a a zombie. I don't know what he was. A zombie guy. A mummy. He was a mummy. Yeah, yeah. Walking around and he got on the, on the, I was like riding a motorcycle thing in the arcade and he got on the back of the bike and I had no idea. And I just remember turning around and being like almost pooping my pants. <laughs> I do remember that. We have pictures from that too. That was really yeah. funny. You were so clueless. You were a dumb little child. All right. I think all children are a little <laughs> Just bit. Just kidding. You're super intelligent. No, but that was actually that was really funny. That trip yeah. was a lot of fun though. Yeah. I don't have too many memories of it, but great. Is that your favorite memory? I don't know what my favorite memory is. That that's definitely one of them. Like that Universal Studios in Disneyland and when we went to the Turks and Caicos. That was really great. Yes. Um, I have a story from Turks and Caicos. What? I don't know why all my memories are like almost traumatizing, but I just remember. <laughs> I just remember um, we were. It was like morning time, and I went outside, and our grandma and our mom were sitting drinking coffee or whatever, whatever they were drinking. And uh, each hotel room had like sheets of metal that you could pull over the windows, right? And uh, I was like, "Oh, what are those for?" And our grandma said, "Oh, it's just in case like there's a tsunami or something." And I was like, huh? <laughs> you know me? Tsunami? Water? Killing me? Nah. And I was just scared for the rest of the trip. So, because you're a chicken. That's, I think, where I became fully traumatized of the ocean because traumatized of the ocean, traumatized from the ocean. Oh, yeah. You got bodied. <laughs> so bodied by a wave. <laughs> I got taken out. That was like right after I told mom to basically suck it and I didn't have to wear my life jacket after she told me to oh yeah kid vanessa was so nice i didn't tell her to suck it i don't know why i chose those words because <laughs> i really knew that i would have gotten slapped into another lifetime if i ever said that to her oh yeah um but yeah she said put your life jacket on and i said i'm too cool for school i don't need that i know how to swim and then i got taken out by a huge wave and then i think i've just been afraid of the water ever since yeah you're not a very good swimmer i am not a good swimmer at all yeah, because yeah. guys, listen. So we went to Cuba last year, <laughs> two years ago. It was in 2019. So yeah. Yeah, two years ago, basically. And uh we went snorkeling, which was like really cool. And if you guys ever get a chance to go to Cuba, do it. Snorkel because do it. the ocean is like clearer than my vision. And uh well, your vision is trash, so that's up. not a good comparison. Yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> um and uh so we like they gave us an option basically um life jackets or no life jackets and i was like please life jacket because 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to drown in the water today in the ocean, and I'm terrified right now. And I was just like, I just remember like shaking and not being a, being able to breathe. And then we jumped in the water. And I was like, okay, this is actually really cool. And there was like they were feeding the fish around us, and then I could see the bottom, and it was sick. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I feel this hand on my life jacket <laughs> pushing me down towards the bottom of the ocean and i i was i got put into a towards state. the bottom of the ocean i got i was in a state of panic because i was like now i'm going to drown and die and i look over Shut and up. my sister's lips <laughs> are the only thing that are out of the water which i don't understand because she had a life jacket on as well but it was only her lips and she was like barely breathing and i was like oh dear god so it went from oh look at all the cool fish and look at the ocean to all right now we're trying to survive you are the worst because it's not <laughs> at all what happened that is not i mean okay did i maybe possibly try to drown him yes would he have drowned no there were like 40 people around that could have saved him um and i knew that which is why i wasn't worried and oh, he's a better good. swimmer than me okay so yeah, we went snorkeling and it was really great. For those of you who have never been snorkeling and are going to, just like be prepared that the goggles are misleading because you put them on your face and you can't see anything. You're like, these are so blurry. You're staring through this like cheap plastic that makes everything look like garbage. But you put your face in the water and it's like HD TV and you see a million fish coming at you and you're in freaking Finding Nemo and you are now Dory and you forget everything. And you're like, where am I? Who am I? What is this? What is happening? Where did all these fish come from? And you freak out, especially when yeah. you're afraid of the ocean. Like me, I was, I'm very afraid of the ocean. I'm afraid of water in general. And so you grab for the nearest thing. And that just happens to be your brother who's also trying to swim. It's also very hard to swim in the ocean. Like it is, the water was really calm. Like it was very oh, calm, yeah. very clear, but you st- like, it was exhausting trying oh, to yeah, tread water. Oh yeah, I was tired after yeah even with the life jacket on i was expecting to just float but i was sinking you would have drifted away oh yeah and then you would have gotten eaten by a shark and you would have died and that would have been really sad anyways i think this fits good with the message of the podcast because honestly our whole lives we've just been terrified (laughs) of the ocean me trying to drown you oh yeah we've yeah and I've had perse I had perseverance because I kept both uh, both of us alive but (laughs) and I'm just here we have both been very scared of the ocean. Yeah. And we still are. Yes. But we've been very scared of the ocean. Like one time we went kayaking in San Diego and that was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. By far. But one of the coolest. The yeah. Because yeah, we like- went to like a cave and saw like animals and <laughs> you know. It, that's, it's a cool story to share with people to be able to say we went kayaking on the ocean and like we... I remember like it was really cool because they told us that we were we were basically going to go over like four different ecosystems is that the right word like environments basically so there was like the sandy area and then there was the seaweed and then there was a couple different like there was like a rocky section and basically it's just where different like ocean life lived so we saw jellyfish we saw like little shark things we saw dead pelican which was really awesome circle of life what's up <laughs> yeah. um and we saw some sea- seals seals <laughs> <laughs> <God. laughs> and we went into a cave and 
it was really cool except for when ethan tried to kill me and, and like tried to tip our kayak it was i great. didn't i you, didn't you did try no you thought i was trying but i didn't i did scream at you like that's what was happening. yeah you were literally losing your mind at me and i was just paddling that's what happens when they say don't paddle out of sync or you'll tip your kayak like what else am i gonna think that we're yeah, gonna but you were the kayak? person in the back i couldn't i wasn't gonna turn around and watch you paddle the whole time <laughs> i don't know i feel like that's probably what you should have done but it's okay anywho we have been scared of the ocean for our whole lives but we've yes. gone kayaking and we went snorkeling and we swam we, in the ocean we've done time. some cool things for people who are big chickens yeah and I think pushing through those fears was like totally worth it because if we didn't get into that water, we would have missed out. Yeah, both those times, you know. So, and like now, I'm willing to do more mm-hmm. like if I ever go on vacation again with this COVID thing. If I ever leave Calgary again, <laughs> um, I'm down to snorkel. I don't think I'm down to scuba dive. I think that's too far for me. Yeah, to go down and uh like be with all the giant animals i'm good like those people i i hear people like in hawaii go into the ocean at night and swim with the manta rays like absolutely not good i'm good i have a friend who when she was i don't know she was somewhere tropical and there was a picture of her and the stingray was just like up against her like it was on her body and i literally i was like i can't be friends with you you're psycho you're psychotic and she's like yeah it was pretty weird i was like pretty weird like you almost got eaten and murdered by ocean (laughs) life that's not pretty weird that's pretty terrifying and she just thought it was like she's like yeah it was cool i guess i'm like i i don't even know who you are anymore yeah like talk to you later yeah see you later bye um yeah so Moving on from the ocean, because that's not what the podcast is about, but okay. uh, moving on from it, uh, I wanted to just chat a little bit about a boot. A boot? Yeah. Bring about, it on, Donkey Kong. About uh, our childhood. Yeah. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about those milestones that we went through. Um, and, okay, so for you people who do not know what happened um basically when me and vanessa were younger we our family um was in a little bit of a rut and basically um our dad um had a an addiction to alcohol and um just before we get into this conversation i want you guys to know that he has completely overcome that addiction and he you know he turned his life around i don't want to say he's like completely different because i i think the values and the way he is now was how he was without the alcohol but alcohol is a very dangerous thing when it starts to take over your life you know so um he has how long has he been sober for it's been at least 10 years i think um i think it's been around 10 years yeah yeah so he's you know he's doing great and we're super proud to call him our dad and uh you know there's just things that happen in people's life and i think we're at an age now where we're able to separate 
you know, the flaws and addictions from who the person actually is. And uh, so just to, like lay that out um, before we start talking about what happened when we were kids. Um, yeah, that he's overcome that and he is doing amazing things um, with his life. And, you know, he's an amazing father and we can be more blessed to to have him and have a relationship with him. So. And I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's important to touch on the fact that like, I think for a long time, like me personally, <clears throat> um, before he got sober and even a little bit afterwards, um, I always saw him as like my dad, the alcoholic that was like his identifier. And I think as I got older, I learned that, um, people who have addictions, like that's not who they are. And the addictions are a result of something that has happened in their life. And as we've gotten older and we've learned about his life, like we've learned about the trauma that he experienced in his life. And so it's not only, it's not only that he's like overcome addiction, he's overcome the child, like the trauma of his childhood and all of the struggles and darkness that he's had to go through and how he's come out on the other side is like, honestly, really incredible. And the things he's doing with his life are pretty mind blowing now. Yeah. So yeah, like we're, we're going to be, I'm going to be very, I'll be very open with whatever you want to talk about. Um, But I I just think it's great for people to know that it's also really possible to overcome addiction if you have the right tools and the right people. Yeah. And that's kind of why I named it, named this episode perseverance because you know, like everything is possible if you just put effort to it. Everything you know? is awesome. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so now that we have that out in the air, um, let's just talk about um, growing up. And as a kid, what was your perspective of living through the time where, you know, one of your parents had an, a pretty serious addiction? Um, just like what are what were the milestones and uh you know how did it affect you Uh, um my apologies i have like a weird scritchy scratchy throat right now which is kind of annoying throwing the mic around i am so sorry (laughs) i'm not a professional podcaster okay i'm doing my best okay um yeah so i think that we're all shaped by our childhood i think it's silly trialed childhood um yes we're all shaped by our childhood i think it's silly to think otherwise i think everything that we go through is just whether it's in our childhood or afterwards um it's just adding pieces to who we are as people and i think that there are pros and cons to the way that we grow up grew up yeah um Pro being, I think we came out stronger. I think we have more understanding and more compassion to people with addictions and people who go through similar journeys. I think we are less quick to judge. I think we um, grew up learning what a strong and capable mother is um, because I think we were lucky enough to have have a mom who persevered who through everything that we went through was like always provided for us and never faltered in her love for us and never made us feel forgotten about or abandoned. Um, 
so I think there's like there's a lot of good things that came from the way that we grew up and a lot of things that shaped me into the type of person I am that I couldn't I couldn't be this way if I didn't experience all the like the hardship and heartache that we went through um but with that being said there was a lot of a lot of struggles and obstacles that I I did have to overcome and still am like working on now um I think a big one is like being very afraid of abandonment that is um something that I'm like still working on is being like beyond afraid of people leaving um I I think I have a zero percent tolerance for lying also mm-hmm. I, I'm like I'm definitely I don't have a lot of forgiveness I feel like I have to really conjure that up and like dig deep for that when I feel like people are being not truthful in situations and that's interesting because I think people do lie intentionally but I think people also lie to protect themselves yeah um and so I think that's been a bit of a struggle for me because I know sometimes people don't lie to hurt others they just do it because they feel like they need to but I really struggle with like pushing people away as soon as there's like any sign of hurt that could happen to me but then I, it, I don't know, it also leans the opposite way where I give people too many chances because I know that life is harsh and unfair. And um, I don't know. Does that answer your question at all? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. I think uh, I want to hear about the time when you were a kid and when you just realized that, you know, there was a big problem, you know, and how you reacted to that. Yeah, I don't remember the specific moment when I realized like, okay, my dad's an alcoholic and I don't think I'm leave- I'm living like a normal childhood. And by normal, I mean like, I don't know if anybody really has a normal childhood because I am so sure. And from the many conversations I've had with friends and just people I've crossed path with, paths with, I think everyone has experienced some bumps in the road, but um it's also not often that kids have to, you know, like wonder if their dad's coming home because this might be the time that he decided he was going to go drink instead of come home again. And this, you know, I don't think there's a lot of kids who had to go spend the night in a hotel room because we couldn't go home. Um, And I definitely, it was weird. It was weird because like our normal was sometimes being afraid if he did show up and but also being afraid if he didn't and not knowing what side of him we were going to get and not fully understanding that like sober him was who he was but drunk him even though he was very real and tangible was not him yeah you know and that's that's a really hard concept to wrap your mind around as a kid um and so I don't like I don't know the exact moment when I realized that it was a problem. I think I think we just kind of grew up with that being like our normal of having a mother who had such a big heart and wanted to care for our dad who had all these struggles, but didn't, you know, was obviously it's a struggle to try try and create like healthy boundaries. Like how involved is he supposed to be in our life? And, you know, is it fair to keep his children away from him? And being an adult now like it's definitely easier to be a little more understanding of of how she 
approach the situation and of how he went through it. But I don't know. There definitely wasn't like a moment where I realized everything. I think I just, I have moments that stand out a little bit more in memories that I think will be really hard to forget. Um, and I don't want to forget them because I think they're a good reminder that, you know, we have to be careful and cautious in life and also grateful um, for the struggles that we don't have to endure anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I feel the same way. Like I've definitely seen things where, you know, I like they'll probably stay with me for the rest of my life, but it's not, they don't define how I see him and they don't, they don't really define anything other than the fact that, you know, those things happen and that's what life is, you know, some things happen, but that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, fix your mistakes or you can't, you know, come back from the things you do because I, I, I am a strong believer in the fact that nobody is perfect. And, you know, even a person who's done good all their life will slip up, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just because we're human beings and society is so judgmental. And so like they have such high expectations and standards for the way humans should act, you know, that, when one person slips up that it'll become a big deal but i am a huge believer in the fact that whatever you do has consequences but that does not mean that you can't come back from it so yeah so you you were saying that there's you know let me rephrase that okay (laughs) um i know that there's been some things that's happened that's pushed you in a different direction in your life Right. So, and like you said before, a child, your childhood is what shapes you and it's very important. Right. So I just want to talk about, you know, some of the situations that happened that really kind of just shaped a different you and pushed you in a different direction. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't a great direction, but um, yeah, like what did, what are a couple of things that just, pushed you in a different direction as a child um yeah uh I think there are a few moments that stand out and I don't think the ones that stand out unfortunately are not like good memories um but I I do think it's easier to remember the bad things unfortunately I think that's just how people work the things that hurt us are the things that stick with us the most um And I know that my childhood and my entire life has been um, filled with so many good things. But I think as far as moments that I definitely remember, like feeling a shift in my life, um, they're not they're not great memories. So uh, one of the ones that really sticks out to me was when I was turning 15 Um, for anybody with like a Latin background, you've probably heard or even had a quinceanera, which is kind of like the equivalent to a sweet 16 for North America. Um, But a quinceanera is celebrated when a girl turns 15. And it's like a coming of age um, birthday party, basically. And I remember growing up, this being like such a big deal. One, because it's exciting to be a part of something different going to a school that was like mainly Caucasian 
there wasn't a lot of different um, different ethnicities and being one of the very few like few people with a Spanish background like having a quinceanera just made me feel really special and I was very excited about it um, but one of the things that is a really big part of a quinceanera is a father-daughter dance and yeah like just coming to that time in my life I was very excited about it because you also you get to pick this big dress and you um you you're supposed to have a boy escort you and then you do this dance with your father and um I by no means put any of the blame on my dad for how I was growing up um I think it shaped me and I think it shaped my experiences, but I don't, I don't want to put blame there because I'm very grateful for the type of person that I am today. But I do think the relationship I had with my dad growing up severely affected the way that I had relationship with men in general. Um, and so one, the idea of like having to have a boy present, I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. I was like very afraid of that. But then also the idea of having to do a father-daughter dance was enough for me to like throw my whole dream of a quinceanera like out the window because I wanted to spite him. Like truly that's what it came down to was he doesn't deserve that. So I am going to take my hopes and dreams away to take away what, you know, what I don't think he should have. And so I told my mom like I didn't want a quinceanera and so I didn't get one. I still got a birthday party and my family was like really amazing. Like you guys were really great. I don't know if you remember my 15th birthday. No. Um, probably not. No. No. And uh, it was great. It was wonderful. It was just like a regular old birthday party. Um, but I definitely remember this like shift happening inside me where I was like, is, is my life going to be constantly spiting my father because I'm so mad at him for our circumstances and yeah, for like the following six years, I would say that was kind of how I operated was um, what could I do to go against who he was and what he was doing as a person, which made it hard when he did get sober and he came back into our life because I was operating out of anger and revenge and not revenge is such a gross word I literally hate that word mm -hmm. I was I was definitely like operating out of anger and hurt and my goal was to basically just go against whatever it was that he thought was right because there was no way that what he thought was right was actually right with all of the hurt that he caused and that mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt and so I definitely remember that being like a big shifting point where I went from being this innocent little girl not understanding what was happening to someone who was being fueled by just like rage and like a broken heart. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one that sticks out. Yeah. And I think that totally makes sense because if you think about it, when you get so close to a person and even when it, even when it's a, when it's a person that you don't choose, right? Like you were put in this family, like you don't get to choose who your family is mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that's a bad thing at all right um it makes sense because i know like even with my friends you know when i get so close to a person and then it turns out like they hurt you right that's gonna affect you in a lot of ways mm -hmm. 
And I think that's just like a, a testament to, you know, how people should live their lives. You know, like if you're choosing to get close to somebody, you know, you have to understand the impact you're going to have on them. And I think in, in today's world, there's so much of this energy where it's like, you know, oh, you were my best friend, but you did something and now I'm going to forget about you. You know what I mean? I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair at all because, you know, you only have, I know this is kind of cliche, but you only, you only live once. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't see the reason to push people away because of their mistakes or their flaws. I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I understand when a person hurts you to a certain degree that you need to step away from that relationship or, or that friendship or whatever it is. But I think there always has to be an effort to find forgiveness. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, I think we're really lucky because I think the journey that we went on with him um, and with the type of person that our mom is, um, I think we were really led to become people who understand the importance of forgiveness and understand that people are imperfect. And I think, like I said before, like we've become less quick to judge people based on the mistakes and the flaws that they make. And I think we've really learned to create room for people who are maybe a little bit lost and hey like I feel like I'm lost 24 7 in all honesty but I think I I have just crossed paths with a lot of people who are going through similar walks in life whether they are like a loved one of someone struggling with addiction or they themselves are struggling with addiction and I think we've just we're really lucky to have this perspective on people that is understanding that life is hard and life hardens people and the addictions and struggles that come with that are not they're not the whole picture yeah they're not the whole thing that represents who they are as a person and they're not all that they are yeah so um i think a big thing that helps with that is the fact that we have a lot of hope for people Mm -hmm. you know and i think the only reason that we have a a lot of hope for people is because We've been we've been at a point where we almost had none. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think I want to I want to talk a little bit about the time where you feel like the hope that you had was almost diminished. I don't think just because the people we are, I don't think we ever had a moment where we didn't have hope. But I feel like there is definitely points in your life and in my life where that hope was kind of silence and you didn't you you couldn't really feel it you know so do you know a time where you felt that yeah absolutely I think I think you're right I think we because of what we've been through like we are super hopeful people because we've seen someone go through literally like the darkest journey and come out so much stronger and brighter on the other side um And that is like, what better reason to have hope for than to see someone literally overcome these gigantic mountainous obstacles. Um, But I do definitely recall feeling like any sort of hope had been like completely taken away. Um, 
and like I know you've heard the story but uh yeah I remember I don't remember exactly how old I was but I do remember our dad came home one day and uh he had asked if he could see me and I like I fought it so hard but um and I shouldn't say like so hard it wasn't like I was like throwing a tantrum but I just like I felt in my gut that like I should not talk to him um but I ended up going on a little walk with him and we went to this park that was by our house and we were sitting on this bench and he was talking about this that and the other thing and I just knew that I I knew that he'd been drinking I asked him like are you are you drunk right now and he looked at me and his I know there's a lot of people who have like experienced people who are struggling with addiction but when you look at a person that you like care about when you look at their eyes and you just like you don't see them and they're just like glazed over and you just you know they're not there and you know that you're talking to whatever demons that they're struggling with and it's a really scary feeling and I think as a way to protect yourself you you harden yourself you put up walls because I just I remember looking at him and and just being like this is like this is not my dad and I like made the choice that and there that like I just didn't have a dad anymore like it he he's not my dad I am choosing to no longer have a dad and I remember that going through my through my head and I think it really was just like my mind and my body trying to protect myself from being hurt anymore mm-hmm. from like the disappointment of a man who constantly chose what it felt like a man who chose alcohol over his family addiction is not a choice is something that I had I have had to learn by no means did he ever choose that way of life over his family and we know that because we know how hard he loves us mm-hmm. but as a young girl that is what I saw I saw a man who chose the bottle over me over and over and over again and that completely diminished my my self-worth because I equated myself to a bottle of alcohol and I lost I completely lost I lost to any form of alcohol and I saw him sitting there and I I just chose I chose at that moment to like not let him be a part of my life anymore to not let him be someone that I cared about or that I loved and that moment just will like forever stick out because it was like a candle going out like this last little bit of light that I had for a man that's supposed to be like my protector in life and it was gone and so I remember like walking back home after that and just feeling so empty. And I think that along with my moment, like my moment with the quinceanera was a moment of like, I'm going to spite him. And this moment was a moment of like, I didn't know who I was anymore because I wasn't his daughter. So who was I? And I forgot about all of the other good things. Like the fact that I was your sister and, I was my mom's daughter and I had all these friends. Like I just, I was the girl with no dad because his, her dad chose alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that was probably one of the most like hopeless moments that I, that I felt. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So moving on, you know, like you, that happened and you, you know, you kept living life um, after that moment, you know, what, like how how did you 
react because I feel like whenever a person goes through a time of hopelessness, you know, as you were in that moment, how how did you react to that? Like what happened to your friendships and and things like that? Things like that. Like how did that change the way you lived your life? I think that I became really afraid of people. I think I ingrained it in myself that because I couldn't get the love of my father who, again, I have to explain that that's, I had his love, but I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand what it meant to struggle with addiction. So all that I was experiencing was that my dad wasn't there and that he didn't love me. That's how I felt. And struggling with your self-worth and trying to figure out like, if your own dad doesn't want you, nobody else is going to. And so I, I definitely struggled with friendships and relationships after that because I just really assumed that nobody would like me. And you and I were kind of talking about this earlier today when we were doing retail therapy shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and like um, making the joke that uh, in high school – I was like, I just assumed everybody hated me. So I, I really, I was like a wallflower. I just kind of stayed out of everybody's way. And I didn't allow myself to make new friendships because I, I made the automatic assumption that nobody would like me um, for whatever reason. And so I think one of the biggest impacts is that because I had this mindset that I was not good enough, like I was not worthy Um, And I really like came up with every reason in the book. I was too nerdy. I was not funny enough. I was not very smart. Wasn't pretty enough. Like whatever the reason was, I threw it out there because again, if you are a type of person that isn't wanted by your own dad, there's people who aren't your family are definitely not going to want you. And I had this weird mindset that I just like, I was very grateful for the friends that I did have. And like looking back on it, I'm like, I am just really grateful that there were those few people that really stuck by me. Um, But I think because I had that mindset, because I was so full of like angst and like anger, um, it held me back from a lot of life experiences. It held Mm -hmm. me back from a lot of friendships. It held me back from just, from just living life, from like going and doing things because I was so afraid. I was genuinely so afraid of rejection that I just didn't do so many things. And I think that kind of caused me to be, as cliche as it sounds, kind of like a late bloomer, because I think I really had to allow myself to heal through all of that and to kind of understand that other people hurt too. And it was actually really selfish of me to assume that they wouldn't want me because of my problems. Um, and so in like healing, I mean, really my, my healing only began once my relationship with my dad started to heal. Um, but I think that was, that was the biggest thing was that it just kind of held me back from experiencing life because I was just so afraid. Yeah. And I can, I can completely agree with you there because I know like through junior high and high school, I was definitely like hermit crab. Like I, Mm -hmm. I avoided the popular class, sorry, the popular crowds and just avoided, you know, attention because I was I had I had this fear that you know people wouldn't like me and I think that's a big problem you know with some people's lives like 
you are not your problems. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens in your life, it, you are not that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, life experience builds the person you are, but you cannot compare yourself to your problems or to somebody else's addiction in your family. You cannot com- you cannot compare yourself even to a fight with a friend. You know, like I feel like that's a very common thing. Like some people, you know, have have a problem with their with the way they look, for example. Like they're very self-conscious of that. But you cannot define yourself off of your insecurities. You know, like, I feel like people take all the good things about themselves and push them aside. And for that one hard thing and that one problem or insecurity, that's what they equate themselves to, you know, and that pushes you to miss out on all the friendships. And for me, like, it was the same thing. Like, I, I pushed away a lot of people and I was almost like i got to be careful who i let close to me but the 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 fact is that everybody is going through life together and the and the fact that i was choosing to push away people you know doesn't make sense and i and i understand now that why why would i push away other people because of the way i'm defining myself you know like i'm not expecting to be best friends with everybody like if you don't like me you know cool like okay but i'm not not cool with me i need everybody like me yeah but i (laughs) i'm like i'm gonna like you to the best of my ability Mm -hmm. you know because the things that i went through in my life is not it now is not defining who i am as a person it helps with my character but it doesn't define who i am right so why would i avoid other people and push other people away because what's happened or the way I see myself because I can guarantee the way I see myself isn't the same as the way other people see me yeah you know even in the positive and negative ways and like I know my ego is like pretty strong and I (laughs) see myself you know as like a pretty cool person but I do have insecurities But sometimes people won't see those. But even if they do see them, maybe they have the same insecurity. And now we're walking through that together. You know what I mean? So I think the biggest message out of that is just don't compare yourself to the negative things in your life. Yeah, I think, well, one, I think comparison is like, oh so something of the enemy like I think it I think it really is one of those things that can just get its claws in you and when you start playing the comparison game it's really hard to get out Um, because we really don't have the full picture of anybody else's lives but our own and even then our own life trying to see the big picture is so hard to do Um, but probably about a year ago I kind of had this realization about like everybody like are identifiers. Um, and I would realize that I had just had this drastic shift in what I used to identify myself. And 
I definitely, one of my identifiers definitely used to be the daughter of an alcoholic. That was something that I identified myself as. I identifies myself as a wallflower, as kind of a nerd, as all of these like negative things that, you know, I felt like didn't allow for any growth, but also kind of kept the attention away from me. And just, I didn't want to give myself too much credit. And over the years, like through all of my healing, my identifiers have shifted and never do I say I'm the daughter of an alcoholic. I say I'm a daughter. And when I talk about my parents, I speak so proudly of them because I'm like, I am the daughter of people who have overcome life obstacles and the daughter of people who have shown me strength and perseverance Mm -hmm. and endurance. I'm a sister. I'm a student. I'm an artist. Like I've just with healing has come learning who I am as a person and it's come the acceptance that it's okay to be proud of who you are as a person yeah, and to share that because one thing I've also learned is that when you can be comfortable and proud and loving of yourself that encourages other way other people to do that because I've I've definitely noticed that when I'm in the presence of people who are confident in themselves and are aware of their flaws and can laugh at them and are just vulnerable and authentic I feel so much more encouraged to be that way too yeah and so yeah I think don't compare yourself but also just like allow yourself to be who you are without feeling Mm -hmm. shameful about that Mm -hmm. right 100% yeah yeah so you know you go through this time in your life where you feel hopeless right and you are identifying yourself as all those things um so what what were some of the ways that you coped? Gross. I did not cope well. Um, yeah, I did not cope well. I feel so bad for my mom. I was like, by no means do I think I was like a crazy wild child. I think her and I have talked a lot and she's like, I am. So I just lucked out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you did. I am wonderful. I'm a bundle of joy. Yeah, right. I I'm sure that I gave her a run for her money as far as like heartache goes. I, the way that I took it out was purely just like hatred on myself. And there's one conversation with her that I'll never forget because I just, you forget sometimes how your actions affect the people that love you. And I, I really just planted myself in this self-hatred in this thinking I was not good enough. And I forgot that like, I was someone that my mom created, you know, I was someone that she raised and someone that she was proud of, regardless of how I felt, because I was so lost in these emotions of not feeling loved by my dad. So I coped with a lot of like negative thoughts and negative emotions. And um, yeah, it just was like, whatever the opposite of self-love is that that is how I was with myself. Um, and I always spoke negatively about myself. And I remember this conversation I had with my mom where I just, I went off about how I wasn't good enough and I was a waste of space and I hated who I was. And I just remember her saying like, you're my daughter, like you came from me. And if you're saying all of this stuff about you, like, what does it say about me? And I just like, I remember this feeling of just like being gut punched 
because I I have always loved my mom and looked up to her like you know she's like our favorite person mm-hmm. right she she is this like pinnacle of strength and beauty and grace and like I completely forgot and I completely lost sight of the fact that I had her I had you I had friends um and I got I just got so like wrapped up in negativity and pity and so I think pity was really like one of my biggest coping mechanisms like I just when in doubt feel bad for yourself (laughs) and that's kind of how I went about it and even like after high school it probably wasn't until I was about like I don't know like 22 23 that I really learned how to like start healing and Mm -hmm. building a relationship with my dad that allowed me to kind of become who I am now um but yeah, my coping was <laughs> to like after high school, like deep dive into dating boys who had no respect for me because I assumed that's what relationships were supposed to be. Um, and I, I definitely, I stayed away from alcohol for a really long time because I was very afraid of um, having an addictive personality. So luckily I never turned to like any substances to cope, but um, I do know that I felt the need to blow all of my problems out of proportion because I, I think that was my way of like um, basically like crying for attention, thinking that that would get me help. But yeah, like pity and like attention from boys were kind of like my way of coping because but I don't really know why I'm not a psychologist. If I was to psychoanalyze, I'm sure I could f- dig deep for a reason, but um, unhealthy attention from boys and self-pity and lots of crying was kind of the way that I coped for a really long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I I don't think that's unnatural. I think, you know, everybody has a different way that they react to those situations mm-hmm. and uh i was definitely like i'm definitely a person that just pushes it way down and tries to forget about it yeah you know which is equally as unhealthy mm-hmm. you know because even though i didn't express the hurt it was there yeah and uh i i was just one that just pushed it way down and uh, on on the surface level, I was okay, no problems, you know. And I think I was lucky because I had a soccer team that I invested all my time in, and you know, I had I had a lot of people to be able to just distract me, but I never addressed the problem, you know, and and that. And that is also a different reaction and and some people and I think every person will react differently. But I know people could definitely definitely uh relate to both. Yeah. You know, where you turn to pity or you, where you just push it down and try and forget about it. Um but I think the biggest step to take is accepting it. You know, and I think we both have made that step where we accepted 
the hard parts of our life and we're like okay they're gonna happen and now and now i know i'm not scared of those ruts because mm-hmm. i lived through it and i learned how to get, to forgive and to cope mm-hmm. you know and and i think we've learned to apply that to a bunch of little like even the smaller things in our life um so yeah let's just talk about that moment a little bit where you where you accepted accepted what happened and you said okay and i know it wasn't it probably wasn't like a definitive moment where you're like okay i forgive you i accept you um and it was a process but what is just like one moment you remembered where you're like okay we're good it's funny because like i really i don't know i know now like this past year for example has been a really good one for me and our dad like i look at him and i'm just like it's just so much love and like awe of him and everything that he's done and i I don't, I don't really know if there was a, or any moments really where I kind of just accepted it. I think time heals. Like people say that all the time. Like you just have to give it time and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. But really as time goes on, like you, you do heal your wounds close up and they heal themselves. And I think that's just kind of what's happened. Like, I think I've had to do a lot of work on myself. I've just grown up also too, as part mm-hmm. of it. I've experienced more life. I've experienced more people. I have, as I've gotten older, made my own mistakes that have really made me understand that my parents are not perfect, that they are also just people who are trying to figure this out the best that they can. And I think that once I, once I got to an age where I was like, Oh my God, like they are just people. They're not these superhumans who have a manual on how to be parents. Like they are just people like me. And I'm just a person who's doing her best to try and not suck. And when I had that realization, I think um, that was, that made it a lot easier for me to accept our past and, also with like Padre opening up about his past. And I remember hearing like for the first time that I kind of heard, um, I guess this would be a moment um, when he shared about his childhood and, and everything he went through. I do remember sitting there and just, I was angry for him. Mm-hmm. I was angry that what he went through as a child led him to turn to alcohol because he didn't know how else to deal with his pain. And unfortunately his pain just rippled into my life. But at no point did he say, I'm gonna do this because I wanna hurt my children. And when I understood that he was coping the way that I was coping, you just, you build this connection and this understanding that like, while he is my dad, like, and I'm his daughter, we're also just people trying to get through life together. Yeah. And that was a really big moment for me because I just, yeah, it was like one of those like little epiphanies where I was like, oh my God, (laughs) oh my God. Like he's had his whole, this whole life of his own that I don't know about, but he's had his own heartache and his own pain. And that was a really big stepping stone for me to work, um, move towards acceptance and healing. And it's kind of just been on the up and up from there, really. Yeah. So here's what I got to say. Give me a second. 
<laughs> I had the whole thought and then it just um, left. But you were talking about how time heals, right? And so whatever you guys are going through, you got to persevere through through the, the time. Mm-hmm. You know, because everything has an ending. All the good things and the bad things. <laughs> you know? So everything has an ending. So you guys need to remember that when you're in those moments of hopelessness or you're in those moments of where you're in a spot where you feel like you just can't get out of, you know, you got to persevere, you got to push and it's not going to be easy, you know, because life just is that way and it's how it is. So you guys got to just keep pushing through those hard times, right? And making sure you're not, you are loving yourself all the way through. You know, and leaning on those people closest to you. And I think another big thing is that when you are acting as if you're the same thing as your problems, you're going to influence people in ways that you didn't, that you don't want to. Right. So let's say, for example, like Vanessa and, and me, right, we decided to push people away because we were defining ourselves as our problems, you know. We decided to not have more friends, right? And that is not the picture or the image we wanted to put on other people. It's not, right? So I think if there's two big points you guys are going to take out of this podcast is don't define yourself as your problems and be aware that the way you are loving yourself is going to influence other people every day of your life. Because if, if you go outside loving yourself and talking to people with a smile on your face, you know, that's going to influence other people and their mood. And you're going to, and I can guarantee you're going to meet new people and make more friends. But if you are going out and defining your problems, it's going to influence the way other people see you and your close relationships. So I, I think I want you guys to take that and think about it. And if you have any other thoughts, you know, go ahead, DM me. Um, but yeah, so I think that's good. That was over an hour again. So we're we're good at talking. Vanessa's really good at talking. Whatever. I just want to add something. Sorry. Okay. It's like kind of related, kind of not, but just on the topic of like loving people. I uh, I went for a socially distanced walk with a friend recently and she shared some words of wisdom that she got from her mama. And I just, I think that this is relatable to anything that you talk about, because at the end of the day, like, I think it is really important to just love each other. And we talked about how often people act out of hurt and therefore a lot of people are just collateral damage during their healing. And I think I am without a doubt that I have crossed people's paths and I they have become collateral damage during my healing journey um but she was just sharing these words with me and she said that um a reminder that she likes to give herself is she wants to live with the intention to always leave someone's heart in a better condition than she found it 
And those words just like really hit home with me because I do fully believe that I am a really compassionate and caring person. And those are things I know I have to work on constantly. But when she said that, I was just like, I was so blown away because I was like, that is absolutely what I want to do. And if you can step out each day, not meaning that you are going to change anybody's life, but if you can just like live with kindness and goodness and love, without a doubt, you will leave people's hearts in better condition than you found them. Yeah. And so I think that's just a really like good word of encouragement for everyone. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's all. Thanks so much. Cool. Where can they find you? Well, currently I'm in my bed, but you're not welcome here. All right. Good joke. <laughs> that was not funny. I like fully regret saying that. Uh, Whatever. Um, okay. My Instagram is rooted.in.yyc. Um, and you can find my pots there. Cool. Yeah, go check that uh, page out. Uh, give it a follow, like, and maybe order some pots. So uh, Feel free. I would love to paint you something. Um, yeah, uh, she's very talented. So go and do that. Um, also, guys, go check out my Instagram page at uh, risingrain underscore podcast. Um, and I also just uh, hopped on the TikTok trend. I'm trying to... I'm trying to get get uh popular that way so go follow that i know all of you have tiktoks accounts uh don't be tiktoks don't be shy just give it a follow uh and that one's rising underscore rain underscore podcast um yeah show some love uh thank you guys for listening to this whole thing and uh allowing us to (laughs) you know just keep ranting on and uh hopefully you guys got something good out of this podcast so uh yeah stay safe love you guys see you later thanks bye